Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. This is The Athletic Hockey Show. Well, well, well. I'm Sean Gentilly. This is the Tuesday edition of The Athletic Hockey Show. The Americans. The Tuesday boys. Hashtag Fuzies. Craig isn't here today. He's on the IR this week. I have traded up within within the world of uh, Michigan State University uh, degree holders. I guess is is uh, Michigan, they, man. Are, I mean, I know, I, I know, I know that. That's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Are they are they both part of the same educational system? Are they both part of like the the the, the state of Michigan higher higher learning? deal is that what it is uh or is is michigan off on its own michigan's on its own michigan's you know what do you say the harvard of the midwest i guess they say right that so it's yeah uh, yeah that's definitely something that's definitely uh, something people who went to michigan (laughs) say yeah i i I agree there's definitely a rivalry michigan michigan state as craig and i know so i will uh take the upper hand on that one since he's not here we had a major we had a major the enemy of my enemy is my friend situation last week michigan over penn state in football thank you very much was a, a deserve a, a deserved beating. That was uh, it. very impressive. I was nervous for that one, but uh, this could be this could be the year, which is every Michigan fan. <laughs> Michigan fan says that every year. Oh. <laughs> this could be the year uh, until I watched the Orange Bowl last year, New Year's Eve. My wife and uh, watched Georgia, you know, score like a hundred points uh, on Michigan in the uh, semifinal. So this is the this is the dream. We're actually just going to talk for an hour about about college football. Uh, n- no, we're gonna we're gonna hit the wild hard with 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 Joe with Joe here. Uh, he's f- a fresh transplant to to the Twin Cities. We also got Daryl Ray 
stars broadcaster, stalwart of the Dallas hockey community at this point, talking stars, talking Miro Haskinen, Jake Ottinger, Tyler Sagan, lots of lots of great conversation points about Dallas uh, this season. So stay tuned for that. It was a great chat. Uh, but we do need to start with whatever is happening with the wild. You had a front row seat to that mm-hmm. last night. You're going to have plenty of front row <laughs> seats to it um, from now until God knows when. Uh, what's the deal? And do you think you could have made that save on Miko Rin and that Philip Gustafson fifth on last night? Uh, well, yeah. Well, first of all, uh, Minnesota nice is real. Uh, right <laughs> for the first four or five days I was here, but it was really welcoming and, you know, like, hey, happy to have you. We're so excited. Da, 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 da. And then goes 0-3 and there's some nice like, jokes on, you know, Twitter around town of like buying my plane ticket back to Tampa and I'm the curse and I thought your team was yeah. going to win and all that stuff like that. And so, um, I did not make any saves in Tampa and I did not, I won't be making any saves with the wild. So that's, um, that's going to be an issue that Lord have. But yeah, it's, I use the word crisis, I think, in my column today. It uh-huh. might be a little bit of hyperbole as far as the, the goal team concerned, but you know, give it 20 goals in the first three games, uh, the most since the, uh, 89 Red Wings. Which was a different era. Uh, I don't. Hockey. Is that? Hold on a second. Is that? Is that hyperbole? Like I don't. I don't think it is. Yeah. I think. I, I think. You, I think you capture it pretty well. Flurry was rough last season for for the most part. Gustafson was whatever. We saw. We saw what happened last night. This is a team with serious aspirations. You know. I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think it's yeah. hyperbole at all. Well, you have Flurry, and he got pulled in game two. And then, you, you know, he's a future Hall of Famer. He's your number one guy, right? And then by game three, mm-hmm. you're already going away from him, you know, against Colorado, who is the sad decision was kind of telling in that respect. Then you go to Gustafson, who's still a young player in this league. He doesn't have a lot of NHL starts. And they played well enough, I thought, to get a point or something like that in that game against the really, that would have been such a momentous victory yeah. for these guys. That would have been kind of a turning this thing around. Hey, beat the abs. It's onward and upward and everything else like that but it's kind of a deflating moment to to play like that for the most part and then have some goals just go in that like you mentioned the dump in and uh, a couple of ones like josh manson pulled the kill mccarr would dip into the slot and did the backhand you know like there's just you know uh, i know they're, they're working hard at it but it's there's definitely some frustration i think uh here uh in minnesota it's only three games in there's a lot of games left but uh, like they say, you can't win the cup in October, but you can lose a chance, you know, hurt yourself a chance to miss the playoffs by, by getting off to a rough start in this division. Like you just talked to Daryl about the stars and the mm-hmm. blues and the abs. So, um, the Preds. So it's, it's a tough one here. And, uh, they got a day off to figure things out and try to find a way to beat the Canucks before a five game road trip, uh, next week. I mean, Bill Guerin, his first, his first inclination in the offseason was to pair. Flurry again with with Cam Talbot, right? And he said at the time, you know, this is great because we have two guys that are capable of da 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 da. They're both older, mm-hmm. like it, it makes sense. Obviously, that's not the way it panned out for reasons really outside outside of Garen's control. And obviously, we know why he signed Cam Talbot, why, why he traded Cam Talbot made sense. Mm-hmm. But I think it says something that back in June he was like, no, we'd like to have a we'd like to have two guys that maybe could start could start forty games, right? Es- especially when one of them. When one of them's thirty-seven years old, and I, I think we've already seen that with the workload split, but the results haven't been haven't been great. Uh, I, it, and it's way too early for some of this, right? Because we're talking about two, whatever, three games. But Mark Andre Fleury minus six goal saved above expected. That's 
by far the worst in the league. And then down at five is Philip Gustafson at minus 3.47. So that's an indicator, not just that they've, not just that they've given up a lot of goals, but that they've, that they've given up goals that they, you know, otherwise probably should have stopped. Yeah. And they, and they scored like six goals in game two. You should be able to win if you score six goals, you know, no matter what, score three last night and, you know, everyone was playing a lot better and, you know, I think it's, I know we're going to blame the goalies here and, and rightfully so in a lot of cases, but I think like Matt Zuccarello put it best after game two, like sometimes they play like a fucking junior team on defense, you know, um, mm-hmm. there's, um, and this team, I think had high expectations. I went into it watching from last year and they lost the first round of the playoffs after losing, you know, having a lead on the blues and you're like, oh, this team is young. They got Caprice off one of the best big, you know, big superstars in the league. Mm-hmm. And, um, they have a team that maybe, Hey, let's take the next step and win a round in the playoffs and go from there. So I think. For all the expectations and, and hype uh, and hope from the fan base to have a 0-3 start and to not just 0-3 like to lose like you play your your butt off and you and you lose in overtime or stuff like that but to, to lose on some of these deflating moments where the comeback kids can't come back from everything uh, anymore so I think it'll be uh, some tense times until they get that first win and, and try to get things going. Is there one other thing going on with that team that should? maybe not concern them on on the level of the goaltending, but is it, you know, we saw Marco Rossi scratch last night. You mentioned some, some of the defensive mm-hmm. issues. Like, yes, the top line problem mm-hmm. is, you know, that Flurry and Gustafson have been bad, but there's, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's issues elsewhere, right? Is, is there one that's kind of stood out for you? I, I, I know we're turning this into like, Hey, let's talk about all the reasons that the Minnesota mm-hmm. wild are, are brutal, but I mean, they've been brutal. Well, I, I mean, I think, the coverage in front of the net, like the, you know, they're not being quite as physical enough. That's why a lot mm-hmm. of deflections have gone in in that respect. But I think the one of the more polarizing or also important issue, just big picture is Marco Rossi. Like he's a prized offensive prospect. Um, and a couple games into his career, he was a healthy scratch. I mean, the base Mason Shaw played great last night. He maybe brought more of a traditional fourth line appeal. Um, and it worked out okay. But, uh, a lot of teams have to go through the situation too. You have to decide what's best develop- developmentally for your top prospect. Is it playing? in and out of the lineup and as a fourth liner in the NHL, or is it playing top line minutes in the AHL? And so they'll have to decide that at some point for a guy's a very important piece of their future. Cause it's gotta be hard for a kid to come here and make his first NHL camp. And then, you know, after 21 shifts, um, be a scratch. And then where do you go from there? So, um, overall, you know, they have some guys coming back like Greenway will be back in the lineup and Merrill's coming back, you know, from injury. So they'll have some different guys adding in here, but I think overall the goaltending's overall some, some TV defense and some some maybe penalties that they too many men call last night when they were going to have a four on three. Oh God, yeah. And then they had six players on the ice at that time. You know, I think that was just indicative of a team that's trying to do too much or maybe overthinking things or just you know trying to be able to find a way to come back too many times. They haven't had a lead in the in the first three games of the season, so it's hard to play that way. Mm-hmm. You said they have the Canucks next. Yeah, Bruce Boudreau coming in town. It could be going for number number six hundred potentially if he win if they don't win tonight, then he'll be for number six hundred in his career if he plays the Wild. Somebody's got to win that game. (laughs) We saw like I don't. I mean, if you want to go with, gosh, there's a lot. There's a lot of there's a lot of struggling teams. Vancouver already having a players only meeting Mm -hmm. after a six four loss to the Caps. I mean, Harmon. Yeah, on on the on the Canucks site here, on the Canucks page here, did a good job of recapping just how brutal how brutal last night was for them. But you know, early it's early, but it's ugly. Lots of things going wrong at the same time. I feel like this is maybe <laughs> this is like somebody has to win this game. 
between between these two teams and and whoever doesn't gets to gets to wear the collar for you know the the, the rest of the week because it's get it's getting ugly early on i don't know what's tougher more to play doing is like not having a lead or having a lead in all three games and blowing it you know like it's like i think that's where it kind of i had to like i had to do a double take on that that's the first time that's happened in three consecutive games to start the season where a team has had a multi-goal lead and blown it like that that a team has not started their season doing that three consecutive times ever in the history of the league and I don't know if that's, 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 <laughs> that's not just goaltending, right? That's not just goaltending, right? That's like no. whole whole issues of I think maybe mentally getting up in there and being like, "Oh, oops, this is gonna happen again," or whichever. I think Bruce alluded to that too his post game comments, right? Um, yeah, mm-hmm. whenever whenever it's game three and you're talking about how how the team is mentally weak, like something afraid to win, mentally weak. Those are both direct quotes from Boudreaux. Team players only meeting immediately after the game. Mm-hmm. Like this is game. This is game three. Mm-hmm. That is that's serious, serious shit. Uh, Luke Shen, uh, Luke Shen was, of course, one one of the guys to talk about. You know, he he was one of the main media go to guys last night after that mess. He's a he's a guy who you've covered a lot. Had some ex- mm-hmm. cer- certainly had some experience mm-hmm. in Tampa. Usually talking to after wins. Um, was he was he like a was he a go to guy for, for for you guys in the room back then? It seems like he's turned into that for yeah. Well, he was, he was like in a different role, like a six or seven D role. <laughs> uh, right. Tampa. Yeah. He's not like, a, he's not like a team conscience guy. Yeah. You know, like he, for them he necessarily. Wasn't, but like he's, he's one here. of the best people in the sport. I think just easy mm-hmm. going, easy to talk to guy, really good perspective. Cause he's been in the league forever. He was like a, like a top pick for Toronto played in the, in the fishbowl there and then moved around a lot, but had his career on the, on the edge and I think in Anaheim then found his way back and then won a couple cups with Tampa. So he's got a lot of perspective, I think, and that probably helps. Um, some younger players on the Canucks going through something like this that, um, you know, don't let this, you know, ruin your season, you know, kind of thing. So I think a guy like him is very important in that respect. And even for the Wild, too, if this game, if this three game losing streak had happened in mid January and they were like in the third spot in the division, all of a sudden wouldn't be quite as much freak out mode it is. I mean, all you have to do on your canvas is a zero, zero, zero points on your, your record and it's a uh, week after the season. We got to get you a personal win here. We can't have we can't have the continued Minnesota nice barbs because that's gonna that's gonna turn from it's it's still passive aggressive. It hasn't switched over to just full on full on aggression quite yet. Not yet. That, I mean, I, think, I, I like to think a lot of these things these <laughs> these memes on Twitter are also just kind of playful, like joking, like me walking into a burning yeah. building and like dumpster <laughs> fires and stuff like that. Like I think it's it's more said so, and I think it maybe in jest, but it, I, I think it's more so. A deflection for just I think fans just are frustrated their passion they want them to win and, and they see so much potential and um obviously I'm the only only link to the the losses so far from the differences they had is is me so um they can't blame yeah. they can't they can't blame Russo so we'll see we'll see what happens if they lose <laughs> if we lose the Canucks we might we might have a we, we might have a have a the, the shift might might uh might take place uh not every team is terrible i know yeah right that's see that's the thing if a team loses that means somebody's winning uh hurricanes are three you know rangers uh i i, I want to talk about them real quick they, they they're, a, um, they're a wagon man i think those, that's a team that could win the east quite frankly they really they really are if this is who lafreniere is um if he really is like a true top six right wing and he's getting the chance now after you know after maybe not not quite start starting the season in that mode. If one of those guys can just take that step forward, whether it's him or Kako, 
certainly seems like Lafreniere is a better a better bet to do it. Uh, I think they get scary in a hurry. Like that's with without that, who knows, right? But I but people do forget when you're talking about about Lafreniere, and you know you're kind of grading on a curve because you're talking about the Rangers five on five production last year, which wasn't great. Um, he was second in five on five goals on that team last year. For as much as everybody sort of was, you know, wondering about his about his uh, about his growth and and about all that stuff. I mean, he. 18 goals, second on the team, and he's still 21 years old. So, man, if, if he can if he can make that step up, big big stuff from uh, from from New York. I like them. I like them more and more with each passing day. Well, they have the goaltender, right? And they have Jesterkin, who's gotten some playoff experience from last year. And I think Mika's advantage. I watch him the first three or four games. I'm like, this guy is just determined. Like this guy is not. He could be in the Hart Trophy conversation by the end of the season. <laughs> so, like, it, I mean, they're just. Uh, they beat Tampa on opening night. I mean, they beat Minnesota here. They they kind of just kind of rolled through kind of their schedule, and um, they're a team that I think thought they would make the final last year up two nothing on the on Tampa Bay Lightning, and Lightning came back and won that series, deservedly so because of how they played. They had the experience, they had the know how, they knew how to win. But you know, most teams have to lose to get before that over the hump, and they're a team that might be trying to do that this year. That's the benefit if you're Mika Zibanejad. Is like he had that he had that opening night. Like national, you know that na- that national stage, he just looked like the Terminator out there. Yeah. He was he was he was unbelievable. So everybody's me like, oh yeah, I think I left, I think I left me because of Manajad off my off my short list for for hard for hard candidates. You see you see what he does on that line. You see what he does on the power play. Like that's that's a scary team. And if they can get something, you know, consistently figured out at five on five, it might be as simple as just having you know a second line, having Lafreniere kind of show up as the is a running mate for on, on that second line with with uh, with Panarin? They're going to be scary in a in a very in a very very real way. And Carolina's three and too, right? Carolina's you know you know not quite as flashy as the the Rangers and stuff like that, but they just kind of find a way to. Oh God! I, yeah, I mean they they rolled up on the on the Kraken last night. That was a that was a boring game, honestly. Mm-hmm. I, I tried I tried watching a chunk of it. It was you know, that was classic <laughs> classic good team over bad team. It's 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 funny to see how that how that works out whenever you know the the talent disparity there is pretty serious. And Carolina took care of business, unlike unlike a certain team in Toronto against a certain team. Um, in Arizona that the star player from, was born in that same state. Desert. So the natural storyline, yeah, and and will and will certainly be playing there again in a in a couple <laughs> years. Future future former Maple Leafs ca- uh, center Austin Matthews. Austin Matthews in Mullet Arena. It has a ring to it, right? In Mullet Arena. And, Let's do it. And, Let's uh, do it. I hope it turns in. I hope it turns into a permanent thing. It'll be such a smashing success that mm-hmm. they'll just play all their games forever in Mullet Arena. I'm I'm totally sure that's how it'll work out. All right. We're gonna get to Razor here because he was because he was really really good. We don't we don't want to keep him from you guys anymore. Uh, so send it over to him, and we'll be back after that. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. We are psyched to be joined for the first, I think this is the first member, the first stars adjacent person we've had on the show somehow, even though it feels like we talk about them all the time because of, you know, they're in Dallas, lots of American players. Whatever. First first guest, best guest. We're joined by Daryl Razor Ray. With with, by the way, I think maybe the most impressive backdrop we've had on the show thus far. He's got like a you everybody will see this on in, in the Twitter tease. He's got like a perfectly centered uh rack, like a, a perfectly centered uh, de- deer antler rack behind him. Is that, is that elk. deer? Is it it's elk? elk? Damn. I knew I, I knew whatever I said was gonna be wrong. How are we doing, Razor? What's going on, man? Very good. Happy to be on with you. Yes, it's it's just decor. It's male decor, is what it is. So. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, it's it, it works out perfectly. We got some old time old time hockey players in a nice one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, n- nine point a nine point elk a nine point elk. I believe that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, got George Vezinas over here. Got some, go. got some old schooly Vancouver pro hockey stuff. That's great. I have my, have my shutout against the Philadelphia Flyers Ooh. in way back in the original 21. <laughs> and uh, that was, uh, I got to play at the Montreal Forum. Got the fuck there. And won yeah. that one with the Mighty Whale. So. Beautiful. You got the bases covered. All right, so I, I kind of said this earlier. We 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 talk about the we talk about the stars a lot. That's such a it's it's been an interesting team for a few years now. Only 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 more so now. Um, was it four one win over the over, over the Jets last night? Yeah. Uh, what's what are what have the vibes been like early early on with them? I know it seems players are psyched about maybe a, a little bit more. A, a, a little bit more offensive opportunities and, and and whatnot in in the in the pizza board system, but what's gone right for them this year, like in, in the early going here versus versus last season? Well, almost everything's gone mm-hmm. right, which has been uh, I think really welcoming for the coaching staff. You, you know, you, you come in and it's pretty significant paradigm shift as to how they're going to play. Yeah, uh, and. I, you know, they were probably even thinking there's going to be more bumps to this thing uh, than what we've seen in the opening week. Uh, but they, I mean, they didn't have a very good start last night and then overcame it. Really the first adversity that they had seen, because they, they jumped out to early leads on, on Nashville in both games, they played them. And to be honest with you, the games weren't really that close. Uh and whenever they have broken down, Jake Ottinger's looked like the same guy from the series against the the Flames. So uh, they 
you know, lots of contributions. The guys obviously are excited about playing a, a more aggressive, attacking, up-tempo style. Uh, and mm-hmm. But they, you know, last night was a good example of how, and, and Pete's talked about this, because yeah, <laughs> us in the media, we like to grab onto one thing and just strangle it for, <laughs> for as long as we can. I think so I, it's I, just, I, I think I know what you're going to say here. Yeah. All right, it's just it's just offense and attacking, and it's you know unfettered in a way they're going to go. And, and he's like, "Well, there's going to be times where we are going to have to actually dump the puck in, like yeah. you know, read the game <laughs> a little bit. It's not just all going to be this wild ass uh, circus." So uh, last night. The Jets came out and and they they had to pedal to the floor with their forecheck and it yeah. was difficult for the Stars and it it looked like they you know they were able to on the fly listen to him and kind of combine what they used to do really well and what they're trying to do really well now and and with that they they took over the game. Were you watching the? Was it weird watching the Rick Bonus system in reverse? It was it was unfortunate that Bones wasn't here. You know, like yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of people, because of the success, it's been easy to just, you know, slap bones across the face on, you know, some kind of 1990s neutral zone trap bore fest. It really, it, it wasn't really that way. It, obviously, it's a little more de-risk and, and more about what you're leaving, not what you're making. And, uh, but at the same time, I mean, you know, he had one line with two guys that basically scored 40. They, they didn't have any problem scoring in that that system. And he wanted the defense to be aggressive and involved. But this this takes it to another level. And I'm looking forward. They're going to play the Jets a couple times here in the next little bit. And Bones will be over COVID by then. And then you'll, you'll see it. The one thing I really want to drill down on, though, on our broadcast as I, I want a split screen of Peter DeBoer and, and Rick bonus, because you couldn't <laughs> forget about their styles and philosophies. <laughs> you could not have two more polar opposite people in behind the bench. Like Pete, I don't think Pete's hands ever leave his pockets. He just, you know, he stands back there and takes just it chilling. in and yeah, he really is. <laughs> and then you go over to bones and, and not he's, bones. He's just kinetic and involved and the passion is bubbling. He's talking mm-hmm. to players and living every up and down. So uh, we, we'll get a chance to do that, I guess, when they meet again. What struck me, Razor, too, is you mentioned two guys in the top line scoring 40 goals. It's like a lot more depth this year, it seems like, up front. Or there's more, you know, scoring by other lines. And I know Mason Marshall was a big, big ag for, for you guys. But how do you, why do you think that is? Why do you think there's you maybe giving more guys been able to, be, to contribute so far in early going? Well, Joe, that they're they're going to ask that. That that's the first thing, right? And, and if there is a a pretty major uh, philosophical difference between how they were running things before and it looks like how they're going to do it going forward, like Bones and a lot of old school coaches are always going to believe in a so called checking line, right? You're going to have a, a unit that you can match up, especially on home ice against the other team's best offensive line, and and Pete doesn't really believe in that. He believes he believes all five guys on the ice should be an option offensively, and he be, believes that all five or all four lines and all six defensemen should be asked if they get the opportunity to provide some offense. So, uh, you know, he has this mantra of uh, 
take your turn. It might be, might not be your turn tonight, but the next time it might be your turn. And so you look at, you know, last night, uh, it's a one, one game. And then Yanni Hockenpah scored four goals last year mm-hmm. scores. And then Yoel Kibiranta scores two minutes later, he scored one goal last year. Mm-hmm. That, you know, that is essentially what they would like to produce uh, in this system and this belief. Uh, and so far it's, it's worked out that way. Is there a guy on that middle six? I know you mentioned Kivaranta, but is there are there any particular guys who you're expecting a pop from? Given given that given the system change and given that given that kind of you know paradigm shift, it's it's an interesting group. I think they're still trying to figure out uh, mm-hmm. basically everything underneath the hints line. That sounds mm-hmm. familiar. Uh, but, mm-hmm. but, you know, Tyler scored his first goal of the season last night. And I, th- I think there's a big belief that Sagan is going to bounce back into, you know, 35 goal territory again and, and be a, an every game producer offensively, you know, Mason Marchman's come in here and, and been a glove fit. They, they really needed a guy, you know, Corey Perry was that for, for a short period of time. But outside of Jamie Ben, there there haven't been a lot of you know sort of physical, somewhat nasty power forward guys that can play anywhere in in your lineup, up and down, play top six, bottom six doesn't matter. And he's certainly come in and and done that. Man, the other side know, knows when he's out there, and uh, he seems to relish that that role of kicking people off and and producing. He's got really good skills, so it's fit that way. Uh, and you know, you look at. I like Michael Roffel. I thought he had a great playoff against against the Flames, but he needed. He looked like a guy that needed twenty five breakaways to score one, mm-hmm. and and Radulov had faded, so that offense was gone. So, you know, you bring in a guy like Mason Marchman who already has three goals to replace that, and and that is has really helped. The rest of it, you know, whether the kid Wyatt Johnston is going to be able to do this in the long haul against men, you you can. I mean, his head and his hands and, you know, hockey IQ, which is an overused phrase. <laughs> um, he has all those things, but you get into some of these really heavy games, especially within the division against the Jets. And it's going to be like that against uh, St. Louis, a little bit against Nashville. Like there, there's a strength in, you know, there's a difference with, with 19 year olds as opposed to 29 year olds. So. Um, that'll be interesting. You know, Radic Fox said they need a little more offense out of him. There's a lot of guys that, that probably need to just pump it up a little bit. And then if the top line can sort of maintain what they, they've done, uh, and then you add the group on defense and, and how free range they're going to be, you know, you, you're going to, my, my, des- my hope, I guess, desire is the wrong word, but my hope for them is, is that they, they turn into what I, I really thought they were going to turn into this over the last few years too, that they turn back into a club that is, you know, top 10 ish in goals against and top 10 ish in, in offense. I mean, you got to go back a long way to find that because they were either uh, wildly exotic offensively under Lindy, uh, but they were, you know, 27th in goals against at that time. And then they spun it back around the other way and they were top, five and in, in goals against but they couldn't score they were in the bottom third so hopefully they get themselves back into that 
top 10-ish area on both sides. If they do that, they're going to be a tough team to beat no matter what time of year it is. As, as a former goalie, I was curious. Um, I, mean, I covered some elite players in Vasilevsky and Bishop in, in Tampa, but, but, uh, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, Ottinger, like, what makes him unique in your mind from watching him, you know, from a positional standpoint? And, you know, as you mentioned, all the top 10 in goals against and goals for, when you have a, a number one goal like that, it's going to get you a lot of places too. Like, what makes him unique when you watch him day in and day out? Yeah, I'm jealous you got to watch Vassy day in and day out <laughs> down there. What <laughs> a kind. talent that guy is. One of a kind, oh, yeah. My. Uh, well, Jake. You know, he, a young American, so he looks at a guy like Ben Bishop, uh, and that was, that was a guy that he took a lot from. As much as it was a a mess with goaltending here last year with so many guys, I mean, it started with four, uh, Holtby, Bishop, Hadobin, and, and Otter. By having Braden Holtby around, you know, the, he did, he he played great in some games, and then his body just gave up on him. But it was it was nice to have him there as as counsel, really, for Jake. And then Ben Bishop was around, so he had that to lean on. I see I see a lot of, of Bish in the way Jake plays now, especially like he he can read when the game needs to just stop um, and control rebounds that way. Bishop was great at it. Uh, his puck handling is is improving. Uh, you know, he, he, the target would be to get to where Bishop was. He was, fan- uh, you know, he was fantastic. Those Bishops, it's a, it's a high, high bar, top, yeah, top of the league. There, he was, he was the the, the standard, I guess, or one of the standards. So. Yeah, I mean, well, you got two here now, uh, or you did yeah. with with Bishop around, and you had Marty Turco, who's still uh-huh. uh, in the organization, who you know changed the position completely. Um, change the way goaltenders hang on to their stick. doesn't get enough credit for that. Uh, they all switch to the way he does it with his glove hand over. Uh, so he, when you watch Jake now, and obviously that playoff series uh, was a massive confidence boost. He was telling me the other day, he's never ever dominated like he did in that series. Like he's never done it at any level. I was like, really? Like even when you were you were a kid and in college, and he said yeah. <laughs> he was like, "Nope, that was that was it." And he 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 worked out this summer like he wasn't very good in that series. You know what I mean? Like so yeah. that, that that's the type of guy that you have on the mental side, where it wasn't like, "Okay, come with your anointing oil and slather me all summer." <laughs> uh, he put he put the work in. And uh, it, it's showing now, like, he, he just looks like he's absolutely in command. He's been beaten on two deflections and a screenshot in three games, and that's mm-hmm. it. Uh, the other thing I'd mention with Jake is his, his idol growing up was Henrik Lundqvist. So, you know, if you look back at, at how Hank went about his business, there was, always, there was always a presence and a bit of a swagger to – to Lundqvist in there. Like mm-hmm. you knew when he was in that, whether it was for Sweden or for the Rangers, yeah. like it, it was like, you're going to have to, it was going to be, know, it was going to be his night. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you're going to have to fire some wax <laughs> mm-hmm. BBs to get it past him here tonight. And, and so Jake, you, you know, take a that piece here and a piece there. And the two big influences that I see are, are probably Bishop and, and Lundqvist. 
Yeah, he talked. We talked to him preseason on the on the media tour thing. Oh, he's such to, a good kid, too. Man, he really he really is. He's a he's he's a stud across the board. But he was just talking about some of the dietary changes he made over the summer and s- just new things that he added to his flexibility routine and all that. I mean, he's he's a guy who it, he's leveled up. I think in terms of in terms of the dedication, you know, the, yeah, in, in terms of the offseason stuff, which it would have been easy for him to. I mean, you kind of said this. It would have been easy for him to coast based on how unreal he was against Calgary, but it seemed like he it seemed like he doubled down. The results suggested too. He's been fantastic. Yeah, he's a guy that looks like he he prepares to be great all the time. Like his preparation is, I'm going to be great tonight mm-hmm. and every night and going forward. So, mm-hmm. and he, he's just he's just such a uh, mature confident young guy but he's not he's not cocky you can see how confident he, he is on the ice and he's an, an incredible athlete but when mm-hmm. you talk to him that he's like one of the nicest guys on earth there's no real cocky aspect to him whatsoever he's he's a special one you can see why jim nell traded up to get him i was just about to say <laughs> like you're like all right this you can imagine talking to that kid and being like all right he's He's the target. He's, yeah. he's. I'd be like, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to. I wanted to go back and ask ask again about about Tyler Sagan. Um, it. I. That's great to hear that that folks in the org, you know, are thinking he can be a thirty goal guy, thirty five goal guy again. That's given where he was last year. That you know, a couple couple years before. Uh, that's good news. But is there anything in particular that has them thinking that? Is it just as simple as ha- is having another year out from from all the from all the leg rehab? Like it just proceeded well enough for, for them to say, like, all right, we're we're happy with where he's at. Yes, it, 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 it's likely a little confluence of things. Like he's he's fully healthy now. Like he got mm-hmm. to have a, uh, an off season. He's bigger too. Like he put on a little bit of of muscle for the first time that I, I remember in his decade that he's been here. Uh, so there's that there's, there's likely a chip on his shoulder after Mm -hmm. being, you know, look, he, he, he could say, I don't read stuff and I hadn't heard that or whatever. He's got enough buddies in that, that (laughs) he knows the noise out there about the contract and, and what hasn't happened. So there's, there's that motivation. There's this system that I did. I ran what I have coined and don't you guys steal this on I've coined razor lytics, uh, where <laughs> I, I went deep inside the numbers, uh, on, on Tyler. And here, here's how easy it can be for Sagan to get back to, you know, mid thirties, 40, where, uh, he was under Hitchcock, uh, prior to this, this big massive contract. And then he got he got hurt right away after that. He had, he had a decent year the year after, and then he's just been injured the whole time. But it, you know, he was down. His his shots per game were down by about a shot, shot and a half a game. Over, you know, he 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 hadn't had as few shots on goal per game uh, since his rookie year with Boston. He just never got he never got chances uh, for whatever reason. Some of it was on him not getting to spots or maybe passing up opportunities because he, he wasn't scoring. But if you, if you just not, you know, 
Tyler, get one more shot a game. Average about three, seven to four, two in shots. Because if you remember back when, when he was scoring quite a bit and regularly, he was, he would usually show up with Ovechkin and all those guys at the top of the NHL in shots on goal. And you, you work in an 11% shooting percentage, which wasn't bad last year. He just didn't have very many shots, but even that goes up by a half a percent to a percent. And then you, you just, push those two numbers together, he's a 36 goal scorer. Mm. It's not, it's not that difficult to figure out how we can get there again and how he's going to be utilized by, by DeBoer. You know, he's going to play on the power play and, and obviously utilize that shot. Not as much of the one timer, which is dying in our league, Yeah, uh, is. <laughs> but he's got such a quick release. Right. Yeah. And he's going to, he's going to play on a scoring line probably going to kill penalties a little bit too. Uh, so yeah, it sets up for, for Sagan, I think to have a, a pretty big bounce back and he's got an example, like a guy, well, within the division, a guy like Matt Duchesne would be a perfect example. Like they were saying a lot of the same things about Duchesne and then he was 40 plus last year. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, the other guy, shocker. <laughs> Wanted to talk to you about Miro Heiskanen. Um, <laughs> I look. I, I know it's it's been said so much over the last month or two months or however long that it's you know kind of lost its meaning. But it does seem like he's primed for to 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 level up there. All those things we see when when we watch him play, all those tools that everybody loved, this the skating ability and the brain and all all, all this stuff. He's getting power play time. Like the stars are aligned for him to have, you know a blow up season. So uh, what, what do you see from him on a day-to-day basis, maybe from the skill set that sort of, you know, that uh, supports, supports all that. Cause that, cause everyone loves Miro for, for, for good, good reason. Yeah. Right. I mean, he's a phenomenal player. It's stunning though, that his ceiling for points so far in the league with it's crazy. Makar going nuts. He's been in the mid thirties. Is it just, is it seriously just that simple? Like, cause it, to me, it seems that way where it's like you throw, you throw this guy in the power play, you get him some extra time. You maybe put him in a system that, that takes, that, that has him, that gives him a little bit more free reign. The points are going to be there like that. And then, and then he's going to level up in terms of like wider public perception. Cause it, it, it's unfair, but with, with DMN, it can be that simple. You're like, Oh, this guy has yeah. 57 points versus, versus 41. Like they, it can be that drastic of a of, of a change or in the case of a guy like roman yossi who he, he's <laughs> quite a bit light at 96 like insane unreal uh, yeah well john klingberg not being here and having not having mm-hmm. that option opens up a swath of those minutes especially on the power play for miro so there, there's going to be a, a bump just with that i would watch him and you know, I, I don't know that it was as much about the system as it was the mentality because he would, he, he would do a lot of the things that he's going to do here, but then he would, he would end up deferring the puck and he's going to be encouraged to go that extra 20%, like in the red zone, if you want to call it that. Uh, when you get into these scoring areas, you do it. You mm-hmm. you make it happen. Like <laughs> like stay in it and 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 uh, absorb a little more risk maybe in your mm-hmm. attack 
and we'll cover and your skating can get you back to help out going the other direction because he's, when you watch him on a, on a game by game basis, like he, he's not as, again, I think I said exotic earlier, but he's not as exotic as, as Kale McCarr. Like Kale I, just jumps out at you because yeah, who, who there's is a lot like, of, that's fine. There's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of fast twitch going on with yeah. McCarr, right? Uh, whereas it's more it's more syrupy with with uh, our boy here, and you know his defensive game is so good, it's so subtle, mm-hmm. you know, because he's not a great big hammer guy right. defender, right? But like last night, Kyle Connor, I I think is fabulous, and he's he's one on one in space with Miro, and he can be a tricky guy, and he can find a way to get a shot off. And Miro uses his stick so well. Like tw- he was almost like a cutting horse with a stick. Like he just, you want to go that way? No, you don't. You want to go that way? No, you don't. And then it, and he just took the puck off of him and and ended it. And he does that every single shift. It feels like he's gonna play. He's gonna play an awful lot too. Not that he didn't before, but but he's gonna he's gonna play with everybody. I said it last night after the game. I, I remember when Pronger was in Edmonton. And we walked into the dressing room and, you know, on, on the whiteboard, you'd have the lineups, right? So you'd have the four lines and then you'd have the three sets of B and, and they're paired up. And I went in there and it was like they had a 44 and then they had all the other defensemen drawn around them in a circle. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what is this all about? And he goes, well, he's going to play with every one of these guys. There are no <laughs> pairs. It's going to be prongs and him and prongs and him and prongs and him. There's going to be uh, a lot of, more of that, I would think, with Miro this season. Razor, I'm up in uh, Minnesota now. I cover the Wild. Um, guy you know pretty well in Dean Evison. Um, I pitched an idea to, to do a story going golfing with him, but I know he didn't let everybody else go golfing with him all the time. And I was curious if you have any favorite stories of him, his obsession with uh, the sport of golf. <laughs> well, he better get obsessed with defensive hockey here real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Can you, Segway. Can, what, Let's go. Want to come out of retirement, play some goal or what? <laughs> no, <laughs> man. Uh, any, anyway, I, well, I, when we were in Hartford together and I'm not kidding you, like I, I would stay at his house in, in, uh, and this will date both of us. I'd stay at his house in, in training camp and, and pre-training camp. And in his closet, he had clothes in, in his master closet, but I would say, 60% of the closet was VHS tapes. <laughs> VHS tapes. And no laser laser disc too, maybe. And it, it wasn't anything nefarious or anything going on in there on those tapes. It was it was golf tournaments. He 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 had I mean he had a closet full of of golf in, in there. He he was just massively addicted. To and and it shows why he's such a uh, fantastic coach. Like he he taped it like a coach would, and went over those tapes and broke them down and improved his game with that. Um, and just I mean, it, it, it's a he's 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 not as addicted as like Brendan Morrow here. I've never seen a guy get more addicted to the sport than than he has, and he's he's fantastic at it too. But man, Pee Wee. Dean Evison was was majorly addicted to getting better and watching it, and it was on VHS. I mean, what can you pick up off of VHS? 
sit sitting there with like adult like a double head VCR and like going oh yeah forward reverse pause and then there's all these little lines across it. Holy hell! What's it like in the golf course? Is he very animated, or is he one of those stone cold kind of assassins oh, there? No, no. like? Yeah, I mean, most of the time that I played with him, he hasn't been very serious. But again, the the cart was uh, <laughs> yeah, the, full full of liquids. Yeah. But, thank you, uh, <laughs> thank you, <laughs> thank you to beverage services at the course. Yes, <laughs> yeah, but he, uh, you know, when it's when it's time to to address the ball, like he, he he's all business, like. He's watched his VHS tapes. He knows what he's. He knows what he has to do. I th- I think he's probably upgraded to digital by now. I would hope so. Anyway, when we asked That's coaches, they, they did they go to the tape? He actually did go to the tape. You know, the, the question we always ask, like, it's like, exactly. do you watch the tape the next day? You know, like it's he actually did watch tape. So yes, and lots of it. <laughs> That's great, Razor. Thanks for the time, man. I, I know you got some. Oh, my pleasure. Can- you got it. You got a Canada Canada trip coming up here for the yes. for the rest of the week. Is it is, is that right? We got Maple Leafs, Canadians, Senators, and then you guys then you guys head to Boston. That's a nice that's a, that's a nice little poke. Yeah, we'll we'll know a lot more about how mm-hmm. ingrained everything is with these stars in the early season. I think after after this trip, but um, and they have a lot of road games here in the in the early season. They mm-hmm. Talked a lot about needing a, a faster start than they've had in past because they you know everybody's trying to do it you just try to get out of that bubble race right get get some mm-hmm. comfort in your in your positioning later in the season it's been a while since the stars have been there and at three and oh they're certainly off to the races here to pursue that perfect gonna be gonna be a fun season man they're always yeah, yeah. they're always, they're always a blast to, wa- blast to watch how about the coverage up in minnesota now with with Russo and Joe, holy hell! Wow, I, I'm like I feel I feel left out. They should just send they should just send like two or three or four or four more of us there. They just just I'll like t- have have everybody working out of, out out of the Twin Cities. I, I will tell you though that people are you know at the O and three start. They want me to go back to Tampa, so they they're, <laughs> they're offering to buy me tickets. They're offering to you know drive me back myself, me and my dog, drive me back. So it's the you know it's a little different. So they're they're not uh not happy to see me anymore. I don't think. No, the, the Michael the Michael Russo army is 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 fickle. They welcome <laughs> they, they welcome Joe with open well, arms, but it's, it's loved, been a, it's been a rough start. I, I I've loved and and uh, paraphrased your stuff and Russo stuff forever. So keep doing it. Look forward to seeing you down the road, and I'll I'll have Sod pick up his game down here. <laughs> Sod, t- young dudes who who are leveling up. He's been he's been great. He's the he's the Miro Haskin of the of, of the staff at the Athletic. Let's go! Oh God, I'll tell him that. Perfect, Razor. Thanks for the time, man. Thanks so much, boys. Yeah, my pleasure. Yep. Bye, bye. Great stuff from Daryl. Like I like I said, the fact that he is the first stars centric guest we've had is shocking because I feel like we talk about them every single week. They're a fascinating team. They were they were interesting last year, and they're even more interesting now. So the best backdrop too for Zoom I've ever oh seen. Oh my god! I need I need I, some elk up here to get in my background just to freshen things yeah, up. Yeah, you guys you guys are having those shipped up from from Tampa, right? Those are <laughs> those are those are those are on the truck, I <laughs> those, assume. Those are prevalent. They're more prevalent up in Minnesota, I think, or northern <laughs> Michigan and like that. So they would be in in Tampa, Florida, but yeah, definitely need some more decor. I think to, to live up yeah, to Yeah, I just imagine I just imagine you looking out into your into your yard and seeing an eight point buck <laughs> of your own and being able to 
being being able to be like Daryl Ray and get your own get your own lovely Zoom backdrop. I'll get Russell on that. I think you know he's got enough he's, connections connections in the area. <laughs> I'm sure he knows. I hear. I hear he's a man who knows how to find things. <laughs> he knows how to find things. He's it's a mayor up here, man. I'm, I swear to God, like he knows who, owners of every restaurant and people that know up to him. And I'm just like kind of slide in the background, just like nothing to see here, folks. Nothing to see. That's fine. Don't <laughs> don't ask don't ask any questions about the man about the man in the background there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, thanks again. Thanks again to Daryl. Got a quick break, and then we're, we'll we'll uh, bring it back. Slight tweak from normal weeks. It will still be the best segment on the show. Don't just ride the index. Seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is the only good segment on the show. It's a little bit different this week. No, Craig, we don't want to subject Joe to all the weird in-joke, uh, can't like lore references about Tipsy McStaggers and whatever else in the comments. But that does not mean that I am not asking you to go back and leave more after this episode. We'll go back through two episodes worth of comments whenever Craig is back. I'm sure that's. I'm sure that'll make him feel much, much better. That'll be the first thing he wants to see whenever. Whenever he's back from his little sojourn, his sixty comments from you, from you maniacs who managed to find the comment page on this podcast, on this podcast on the Athletic app, which, as we've said, uh, should get you a gold star or a fruit basket or some kind of gift certificate or whatever. Congratulations, you're very impressive. Please leave more for next week, or a, uh, or jo- a sign behind the bench uh, book, baby. Be a signed book oh, for that. That'd be a good I don't one. even. I don't. Do you have one of those? No, I don't, no, I didn't want to sign one, but I have the book, but nothing signed. I guess. Uh, I have. I have a. I have a copy, and what I do is every time Craig makes me mad, I tear out another page of it, <laughs> and so so. And by the end, <laughs> by the end, I'm just gonna quit. That's gonna. That's gonna be my signal that that our time together has has come and gone, and I will I will leave the podcast whenever I'm out. Whenever I've, I've torn out my. 285th page or whatever it is. Bye bye, Mike Sullivan. Bye bye, Joe Butter. <laughs> sorry, bye. <laughs> sorry, sorry, but yeah, good, goodbye, gentlemen. You've been you've been very good to me professionally, but it it, it, it hurts to do this. But Craig, uh, Craig, Craig's the blame, as he so often is. 
dude, we talked about this at the, we sort of alluded to this at the end of the first segment there before we got into, into razor, the hand pass. <laughs> we need, we need to discuss this because it happened last night in the Leafs coyotes game. It's some would say it decided the game. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I would, I would quite go that far. Uh, Morgan Riley gloved a puck, dropped it in front of him, you know, clearly was trying to play it, got tied up with Clayton Keller, you know, one thing led to another, the puck bounced to Mitch Marner, who sent it to Alex Kerfoot, goal, you would think, (laughs) tie game, you would think, not what happened, and the reason it was waved off, and the reason that Arizona ended up adding an empty netter, ended up winning the game 4-2, is because of one of our favorite topics, video review, instant <laughs> replay. I, and I hate saying this because, you know, part of the shtick here is that I complain about the Leafs all the time. It's not really a shtick. But I, this this is example A of not just the, prob- the problem with replay in hockey, but the problem with replay in sports. Again, like what are we, when have you ever seen that on on a high, uh, that call on a on a <laughs> on a goal of that of that magnitude at this point in the season, like what what are we what are we doing here? Have you have you, uh, how about this? You have covered as, as many games in person over the last ten years as anybody on the planet. Mm-hmm. Have you can you recall seeing a video replay call for a for a glove puck ever in the last in, for as long as for as long as replay has been around? I. Can't imagine. I remember. I know there was a, a controversial hand pass. I think it was a couple of years ago, St. Louis, Dallas. I think in the playoffs, like yeah. About I can't remember how much that was reviewed or not. But like that's oh, the, that. But that's one of those ones. That's one of the. Do you ha- do you have these like these kind of things from those uh, stuff like that from like past post seasons where it's like I know that was a huge deal for a while. I remember people were mad about it, but the specifics are just like they're just out of my brain. Like people are people are pissed about that, but. That's a, it's the playoffs. It's not a regular season game on October 17th. Yeah. And this one, I think for me on, on all these things is about what the rules are intended for. Or like, I think sometimes there's a blatant hand pass that you absolutely have to call. In this case, it was a situation where he went to get the, get the puck to keep it down to himself and he tried to play it and then he Keller touched it or maybe I might have supposed to touch it and then did it impact the, the, what the, the play that would happen after that. And I don't know if that would have really that wasn't the reason they, they scored that goal. That wasn't the reason. Like, obviously, he kept it in, and he wasn't blatantly passing it over and throwing it to the guy. So, uh, sometimes replay makes you makes the referees like look for look for a reason to call it wrong, call it right, versus the actual correct the issue that's going on. This is the exact sort of thing that I didn't think was going to happen whenever they introduced, you know, expanded replay in hockey. Right? Is you th- I, I don't, it, at the time, I was like, this is just bullshit, like slippery slope arguments where you think you're saying, talking about open the floodgates because you're reviewing off sides and that's going to lead to this and that's going to lead to that. Like when it happened, I was like, yeah, OK, like they can they can limit this. They can, you know, kind of um, contain it to what they to where they where they wanted. It's not it's not what happened. Like this is a- the actual this is an instance where like the worst case, <laughs> you know, uh, the worst case scenario f- has come to pass, right? Where it is this thing where it's like, what are we, how did we get here? Like six years ago, we were, 
you know, Matt Duchesne went off sides in a, in a, in a playoff game or whatever. And then this domino effect has led to, mm-hmm. you know, crazy, crazy stuff, like crazy stuff like last night. I mean, everybody wants, I mean, everybody, the coaches, players, fans want the calls to be done right, right? Every call, everyone wants their call for the, for against their team the right way. But I think there's also a human element to this game we can't, you know, forget about. There's human element on the ice with players and goaltenders and there's human element with the officials, referees. So uh, it's been that way for 100 years. Um, so I think people have to be kind of careful how much you, ma- you know, kind of micromanage the reason to replay and every little thing. The game's going to be four hours long, like baseball, and then no one's going to want to watch it. Is it so. that is it that simple? Is are we just like this shit's taking too long? Like these games, these games are taking too long now. Like, like I'm, I don't. Is that I feel like that is a big part of why I've like pivoted personally. Like over the last little bit, I'm like I just want to, I just want to go to sleep. I don't want, to, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to watch, I don't want to watch a five hour and fifteen minute baseball game. Yeah, and that's that's my, my thing for baseball. I think hockey's at such a, a great point in its arc where. So many young, talented players in this league, and the playoffs are a phenomenal to watch. And you just don't want it to get too over legislated by sometimes too much replay. Um, you know, there's a lot of calls that people wish would have gone back, like the Kadri goal against Tampa. I think it was in game game three last year in the Cup final where they wanted to, you know, uh, mm-hmm. they wanted to call back. But like, yeah, every team's gonna have a call against it at some point. But I think doing too much um, over analyzing the, the replays, doing replays too much could be not ideal just- for. It's just classic. It's classic NHL officiating shit too, where it's like, yeah, we saw that called last night. Does that mean we're going to see something similar called in a week? Like almost certainly not. Like there's just, there's a level of consistency that I think breaks people's level of inconsistency that just breaks people's brains. Like, like you, cause it is like everybody has access to this stuff. Everybody's everybody on some level is going to know what happened last night you know, moving forward. So whenever there's a hand pass that next time that happens, you know, I'm sure they'll handle it differently. And it's going to just be another kind of tick mark on the, on the list of, you know, league incompetencies. It's, it's great. Hockey is back because we're, you know, complaining about, (laughs) about, uh, about video replay and officiating. And I think that, I think we need to get through one of these, you know, cycles before, before (laughs) the season officially officially begins i think the only way it could have been better honestly is if when morgan riley dropped the puck is if it happened directly in front of the boards and then there was an advertising <laughs> change behind it if they could just combine the two the two things that are annoying everybody into one into one sequence that's not actually how it went down though no it didn't go down that way but like you said speaking of complaining the dash report things which are digital and changing all the time which the NHL and teams like because of the revenue that adds uh, to the portfolio and, you know, getting mm-hmm. back into it. Um, but it can be distracting for a viewer. You know, if you're a fan watching yeah. at home and like all of a sudden, you know, goes from, you know, Verizon to Callahan Auto Parts <laughs> to whatever else it <laughs> yeah. can be, you know, uh, Geico or whatever. Zelensky, <laughs> Z- Zelensky. Zelensky Motors. Yeah. Yeah. I would, rather, um, I would rather have that. I'd rather be more entertained if they actually had fake, fictitious, you know, names of companies that. Yeah, do. not just not just you know whatever like local Dunder Mifflin, like, Dunder Mifflin, lo- whatever Dunder Mifflin. Fine, not like local you know internet marketing firms or whatever. Whatever half of these things are, the the Dasher ads are terrible. They're bad, and and my general stance on all this stuff is like. Do I think that it should be celebrated? Like, no. Do I almost get sick whenever I see teams send out shit where it's like, congratulations to our inaugural pre- presenting spo- helmet sponsor. And it's, 
you know, whatever. That's disgusting, right? Like fans should not be excited about that. These ads on jerseys and helmets and whatever else, they are something to be endured. They are not something to be celebrated by by, by people who, who consume it, right? It's an unfortunate thing that people have to deal with, but the most you can at least kind of count on that just kind of fading into the background because there's stickers on helmets and patches on jerseys and they don't flicker and change like whenever whenever the camera zooms in on a player. The dasher board shit sucks. The technology is bad. It flickers, it breaks, the timing on it is ridiculous. If I if one more time if I see an ad change on the far boards whenever the puck is up against it, like is that that's it. Like you you you're trying to you're trying to watch the puck, you're trying to track stuff, and that's more than enough to just make you make you lose it. These this this shit is not ready. And anybody who said that it wasn't gonna bother bother viewers uh was lying. That's my that's my general stance on it. Yeah. Well one of the most important things you could have as a league is your T V product, right? Like the reason yeah. the reason that, you know, the league is being so much more successful and making billions of dollars is because of their revenue from their TV contracts, which is a boom for the league, like TNT, ESPN. It's great to have that national element to it. I'm just curious, like how much is the revenue gain for having the the bit, the dashboards yeah. that are moving versus the actual just the ones that have had their little Caesar's pizza at, at Joe's right. Arena there all the time, and it you know made a crap like, ton of money. And like and like opportunity cost also exists, right? There's some kind of in, there's some kind of intangible cost that you run into whenever you are subjecting viewers to this bullshit on a night on a night to night basis like that's and i think that's what's most frustrating for people honestly is like you know it's not just it, it's not just that these ads exist it's that they're done in such a way that like clearly you know everybody tried to make it seem like they're that the that the tech was going to be seamless and, and that they're going to be done in a tasteful way and that's just not that's just not what happened there's a level of and this is true with so much stuff that the NHL does from the highest levels imaginable on down. There's like a level of contempt for the, for the, for the fans and viewers, just like with the basic existence of this shit, let alone the fact that again, the tech's not ready and there's, and there's glitches and stuff. It really is frustrating and people are mad and they, and they should be, like I said, I'm not, I'm enough of a pragmatist when it comes to this stuff where like, I don't, I look at the, canadians jersey i see an rbc logo i'm like okay whatever that's a cost of doing business it's something we can ignore but the dasher shit is not in that is not in that is not in that group so way to go another another big win for the league three games in already getting shown up and up in arms you know it's good to be <sighs> and i know like i'm just gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna run out of gas on this too <laughs> it's gonna be like it'll be like thanksgiving i'm like oh who cares who cares it's over i'm, I'm, I'm used to now. it now I'm, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna move are, on. That's worth a dead to me. I'm not gonna watch it. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. I gotta find. I gotta find an like, just a new thing to be mad at. Mad at. Just like increase the level of. Yeah, I'm just. Yeah, I'm. A, I'm. A, I'm addicted to it. No, I. I think the. I think the dashboard stuff is gonna stick. I can't imagine a world where I watch these games. And I'm like, oh sweet, like there's it's broken again. And I'm, and the, the other the other really frustrating thing about this. I, I don't know. If, I don't know if you've seen this. Do the boards look? Uh, do the boards look sharper? Like the board ads look sharper than the than the players to you? <laughs> I swear to God, the, I, I swear to God, those are in like eight 
like 8040, you know, quadruple XD resolution versus versus the players. It's really, really distracting. Can you imagine like, like EA Sports, NHL, that like the boards look <laughs> sharper than that, like the graphics of the players? Yeah, it, so it might. It might. I don't know. Like those games are those games are brutal. I'm sure I'm sure if they are, we're going to hear about it because there's mm-hmm. nothing people. The only thing people like more than complaining about NHL broadcast is complaining about uh, crappy, minimal annoying adjustments made to uh, the NHL game. So I'm psyched. That's coming out in a week or so. But we are excited the season started. We are excited to get back. So, so we're covering no, games. I'm mad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Craig's like, I'm going to tell Craig, I'm like, man, Sean was cranky as hell. I'm like, what the hell, man? <laughs> no. Must miss you so much. But I'm just trying yeah. to, no, I'm just trying to, I just need to work myself up. That's it. Just, just get me, get, get me rolling. I'm just trying to feel something on a, on a Tuesday morning, Joe. Yeah, that's no, really, I, I get it. That's really all it is. I hear you. Just distract you from uh, the Penn State, lo- the Penn State loss, and everything like that. So no, I love. That's what I'm saying. I love the Penn State loss. I hate. I I hate. I hate Penn State. I grew up a Pitt football fan, and now, of course, I'm a I'm a charter. Uh, I'm, a, I'm, an, I'm an alumni of one of the ultimate Big Ten schools, the University of Maryland. So <laughs> I uh, I'm, I root against Penn State. <laughs> I root against Penn State even more. Well, now USC is a Big Ten team, so you can you know. UCLA, USC, the <sighs> traditional members of the Big Ten. What are the next two going to be? Because they're not—they're not, they're not going to stop here. Again, this is the this is the Big Ten football hour of the yeah. of the athletic hockey show. I want to, why don't we get App State in? I want to travel to oh, Boone, dude. You, all right, there we go. I, I like to get North, get Carolina in there, like just expand the footprint, man. Just keep on going down. That's great. You and uh, you and you and Corey and Brady McCullough and all those guys who go on those trips. Yeah, the Dart Dart Toss road trip. You're going. You're going to Boone, baby. I love it, man. This year, Auburn, Alabama. This year, so uh, that's our our next uh, next stop on the uh, Dart Toss tour. Dart Toss. Okay, that's that's suspicious. (laughs) Somebody somebody rigged that one up. Holy cow! I think it was actually Tuskegee. I think it was or Tuskegee. Whatever. It was somewhere around there. But close enough. Close enough. Where where are you headed next? Where's the where do the Wild take you next? Uh, they play they play host uh, Vancouver on Thursday, uh, mm-hmm. and then they go on a five game trip to Boston, Montreal, Ottawa, Detroit, and Chicago. Um, so the first long trip of the season, uh, Mike Russo will be on that one. While as I try to move into my new apartment, hopefully hopefully my stuff shows up. Um, if Wild fans haven't intercepted my truck, the moving truck in middle of <laughs> the country and Turned it around and, and gone back. But uh, yeah, so I'll be moving my stuff into the apartment with my wife and Mike will be covering the, the wild on that long five-day road trip through uh, through Canada and the Midwest. So. Let's get you a win so they can get back to delivering uh, casserole dishes and whatever hot whatever dish. else. Yeah. Hot dish? Yeah. Hot dish with the, with the tater tots and stuff? Yeah, absolutely. You, we got it. Okay, let's, let's, get a, let's get a win. Beat the Canucks. That should... That should happen just just so we can get you some a nice a nice hot meal from from the from the fine people of the up the upper Midwest. Yeah, it's a long season. Everything's gonna be fine, guys. Everything's gonna be fine. So there you go. That's a good that's a good note to leave on. Mm-hmm. Joe, thank you, buddy. Good luck. Good luck living in Casa del Russo and and whatever whatever comes ne- next next mess that mess of a hockey team. Second day I was here, it snowed. So it was uh, mid October. <laughs> Good welcome, welcome to Minnesota, baby. So here you are. This, this is this is where you live now. Flip flops and shorts have gone by the wayside. I don't need to put those on anymore. But um, it was yeah, 80, gonna... 
yeah, 80 my first day here, and then it was snowing three days later. So you'll be like the little brother in Christmas story before you know it, buddy. Yeah, can't wait. We do have the Wednesday show coming up. We got Rob Pizzo. We got Russo there. The guy does a podcast. I had no idea. Pizzo, Russo, Jesse Granger on the round table. They're welcoming Trip Tracy from the Carolina Hurricanes broadcast team tomorrow. So check that out. Trip's always a good listen. Always good talking about the Carolina Hurricanes too. Uh, and don't forget to rate the show. Go to Apple Podcasts. Go to Spotify Podcasts. Rate, subscribe, rate my Zoom background according to according to Jeff, he, producer Jeff. Drop that landmine there for me. Do not rate my background. Do not talk about it. But you can still follow us. Follow us on your favorite platform. And subscribe to the Athletic Audio Plus on Apple Podcasts to get all the bonus content from our entire network. You can start with a 30-day free trial, and then it's just 99 cents a month after that. Joe, can you believe that that offer still stands? Annual subscription to the Athletic for just a dollar a month for six months? That's like, you know, you do five subscriptions for the price that Russo spends for coffee every morning. So, you know, <laughs> it's... Uh, that's a great deal. Uh, or I spend for Diet Coke refills here, you know, like, so it's... Can he just get... Can he just get a machine? Can he can, can he just get, like... Can he just buy, like, whatever whatever machine Starbucks uses? Just well, you, you didn't see that the new deal this week, right? That you get Starbucks... You get Delta miles for every Starbucks dollar you spend. So, like... Is that true? Is, is that true? Yeah, like, so that's oh a bit of new... So Delta, Delta is going to go out of business, I think. Uh, that's it. You uh, just got to find, find somebody to roll in Marriott points and, you know, the... The Russo, the Russo triple play. There's all this collusion going on with the biggest companies <laughs> in the world, like Starbucks and Delta needing more money, right? So it's going to yeah. work out. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, it's, 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 it's definitely fine that five corporations own everything, right? Yeah. Anyways, annual subscription to The Athletic for just, <laughs> <Sorry>. a do- <laughs> for just a dollar a month for six months. Theathletic.com slash hockey show. This has been the Tuesday Boys, hashtag Tuesday Boys, three Zs, with our buddy Joe Smith. Craig will be back next week. Until then, have a good few days, folks. <laughs>